Today on Lockdown Red Wings, Dylan Larkin scores two again as Detroit beats the Canucks in Vancouver for their first win streak since November 25th. Your Locked On Red Wings, your daily podcast on the Detroit Red Wings, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back to the Lockdown Red Wings podcast. We are your hosts, Brian Fisher and Scotty Bentley. I am a podcast producer for the Daily J, a WWJ News Radio podcast. Well, Scotty's the host over at Lockdown Tigers as well as a freelance journalist for the Detroit News. And the Red Wings won big uh, in this game on Monday night over the Vancouver Canucks in Vancouver, winning 6-1 to for their first winning streak since November 25th. But guys, before we can even talk about the game, you know, I think it's only appropriate that we take a moment to, you know, say that we, you know, our thoughts are with all the victims in East Lansing in regards to the shooting that has taken place at Michigan State. You know, this game was going on while the situation in East Lansing was developing. Horrifying situation that this continues to happen. I mean, there were people who graduated from Oxford last or late, what, 2021 that are now students at MSU going through this again. And it's just horrifying that this has to continue to happen. And, you know, it's not enough anymore to say thoughts and prayers. But at this time, Scotty, that's unfortunately all you and I can do is extend those thoughts. Yeah, it's, it's, um, you know, like I'm sure everybody who's a fan of, of this team has some sort of, connection with that university and you know so many uh loved ones and and whatnot have viewed or lived in that campus and and viewed it as a very safe place and for that to be uh broken and that and that kind of trust to be broken like that is is devastating beyond words so uh definitely as you said hearts are are with everyone and uh that's that's about what we can do right now yeah, it's it's there's definitely a lot of anger is, I guess, the best word I can put towards it right now is the nicest way I can put it right now Yeah, uh, about how this can continue to happen and nothing can change. But that is a topic for people who are way more way more well versed in a situation than us. But for the time being, we'll just continue to pray for those who are victims of this that have you know, are still fighting the battles and for people who unfortunately did pass, hopefully the families can find some peace of mind uh, at some point. It's, it's going to be a long journey, but for sure, thankfully um, on another note, hard transition from that, but we do it anyways. The Red Wings did win six to one over the Vancouver Canucks back-to-back wins over the Canucks. They scored 11 goals, Scotty against the Canucks in these two games. And in the course of this three now three game win streak, which they have not had a win streak since November 25th. Fun fact, like that was three games or more. Cause some people say like two games in a row is a win streak. I don't count that three games and more is a win streak. They have not had a three game or more win streak since November 25th. Thankfully, Vancouver's really bad at hockey and decided to give the Red Wings a push. And that doesn't necessarily mean anything because the Red Wings have lost a plenty of bad teams, but I mean, this was a huge win in my eyes for this Detroit Red Wings team as they've now scored a total of 13 goals in the three-game win streak and only allowed four 
in this three game win streak. I mean, it seems kind of obvious, but I'm going to ask the question anyways, what was the number one factor Scotty that led to this overwhelming victory for the Red Wings? Yeah, it really is hard not to just continue to point at Vancouver's goaltending. And, you know, we, we talked about it going into this back-to-back, right, this home-and-home, home, how Vancouver, yes, they, they have a terrible goaltending situation. Yes, the Wings are probably going to put up a lot of goals, but also that they their offensive numbers are not bad. Like, this is not a, a slouch of an offensive team. And, yes, they've traded away probably their best offensive talent, and, and that's totally fair. but. Uh, there, there's still some weapons on this offense. And there's still some capability on this offense. So much more so for me than the amount of goals we've scored in the win streak, because two of them were against like the worst goaltending <laughs> situation in hockey is the fact that there's only been what four goals against in that stretch. Yes. I, I think, I think that is much more of a positive uh, against two teams that are again, not slouches offensively, you know, they're, we're not going up against, against the, the the lightning or the Leafs or anything right now but it, it's still these are still two solid offenses and, and have put up goals this season so that's I, I think the bigger takeaway for me than, than than the goal score just because of yeah the situation in that for for Vancouver I mean Elias Pettersson almost called him Elias Elias Pettersson has over 60 points already on the season I mean he, he is a, a stud and JT Miller uh his Production is still pretty high, uh, regardless of the other antics that goes on on the ice with him. So they, like you said, they they definitely are an offensive threat. Surprisingly enough, though, Scotty, with how bad this defense looks on a day to day basis, from what we usually see. Now, I feel like this win streak maybe we've been a little bit overly critical. It's hard to tell. The game against Calgary, they played fantastic defense. It was fantastic. The first game against Vancouver felt a little bit like a step backwards. This game against Vancouver, that one, the one that just happened felt like it was pretty even struggle and they did a pretty good job overall. Um, but, and when it comes to expected goals against the Red Wings are actually like middle of the pack in the league, it's expected goals for where they struggle. It's kind of wild that we watch it and it feels like they're super bad. And then com- by comparisons to other teams in the league, they're actually right in the middle of the pack, but that's a different conversation for a different day where we can really break down. We, how know, effective I mean, we talk about is. the way this defense is formulated though. Right. Like, I mean, like we talk about the, the, the quality versus quantity thing. Yeah. And I know that's the, that stats like that take that into consideration. But, you know, at, at the end of the day, this defense has never been a defense that's given up 30, 40 shots a night. Uh, this is, is pretty consistently a, a defense that's given up somewhere in the mid-20s. It's just that, you know, eight of the 24 are like high danger. And so that's kind of been the the result of a lot of it. But I And, you know, this game was kind of on par, par for the course for that. But Billy Huso was great. I'm sure we'll talk about that later. And I do think that the defense, you know, all of that being said, actually looked pretty solid. I, I thought that um, there were a couple of moments, maybe like five, 10 minute stretches in the game that I think Vancouver yeah. had a lot of momentum. But uh, I thought that there was also a, a lot of really good, uh, specifically neutral zone defense. Maybe mm-hmm. maybe that was it. When Vancouver was set, they, they still were able to, to get in front of the net uh, at, at maybe at will is maybe a little too dramatic, but pretty easily still. But, but I think that, uh, I think that the wings played pretty good neutral zone defense in this one. I think that really showed uh, pretty often throughout the game. Well, there was one player on this team that uh, I would like to give a lot of the credit to for why this team won. Cause he got them off on the right foot. And that would be the captain Dylan Larkin, 
who yeah. came flying out of the gate, Scotty, in this one. He had two goals in this one again, back to back nights where he has two goals. That is now five goals in the last three games. That puts him back at a 30 goal pace for the season. That was his 20th goal in the season and 50th point on the season. And and he he clearly is trying to earn that contract because even before he scored that goal, he was weaving his way through the Vancouver defense like it was Swiss cheese. He looked like I think Prashant tweeted out that it looked like a Nathan McKinnon esque game right. from Dylan Larkin. The way he was just he was gliding. Flying. He yeah, and you know the first goal was a beautiful shot, and the second goal was a power play feed, which does not happen. I mean, granted, he generated he initiated the play by again flying through that uh, defense. But then it doesn't happen if Tyler Bertuzzi doesn't go back behind the net on the power play and forecheck and force the turnover pass yeah. to Robbie Fabry to feed Larkin back door. I mean, Tyler Bertuzzi has found his game and comes at a really convenient time because he is without a doubt getting traded away at the deadline. But we're going to enjoy the last two weeks of Tyler Bertuzzi yeah. as a Detroit Red Wing nonetheless because when he and he is on, he is exactly what we talked about for so long is he facilitates offense so well, but back to Dylan Larkin, so we're, we're, we're singing his praises. He looks like a man on a mission right now. Uh, he, he, the contract bump year to your stats is, is a real thing. And it shows. Yeah. I, I think we just give him one year deals for the rest of time. I don't think he would accept keep, that. Keep motivated, baby. <laughs> yeah, no, obviously that's not a thing I'm kidding, but, um, certainly you know i I don't want to i don't ever like to question professional athletes like heart or like oh like he is trying harder now i like i I don't really like doing that i think a lot of them especially guys of that caliber like give their all pretty much every night but it's definitely incredible timing just from a fan and viewership perspective just to watch and be like wow that's kind of funny just because of you know how uh the, the the situation at hand with the extension and whatnot. So uh, definitely, definitely very, very entertaining timing, I guess I'll call it. Yeah, without a doubt. Uh, and when we come back, we'll continue this conversation. we got so many other guys to get to. Rasmussen was wearing the A. That's exciting. And then, like, I don't know, all the other goal scorers because it seemed like everybody was getting in on this game. Uh, so we'll get to that and more. But first, got to talk to you guys today about FanDuel. It's the midway point of the NBA season, and now is the perfect time to download FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. Because now customers get a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's bonus bets back if your first bet doesn't win. Just download the FanDuel Sportsbook app. It's safe, secure, and super easy to use. Then you can bet on everything from the money line to point scores and threes drained. Plus, FanDuel lets you combine your bets for a chance uh, at a bigger payout with a same-game parlay. So don't miss out. The, don't miss the chance to get your no-sweat first bet on up to $1,000 in bonus bets when you go to FanDuel.com slash LockedOn. That's FanDuel.com slash LockedOn to learn more. Make every moment more with FanDuel, the, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. Segment two, Lockdown Red Wings podcast. Scotty and I are breaking down the six to one win over the Vancouver Canucks. Man, can we also just like take a second, Scotty, and just enjoy this? When was the last time the Wings not just put together one, but two 
performances where you heavily outscored an opponent. And this one, more so than the last one, felt like a domination. The last one, we talked about how it's like poor goaltending. You didn't really play a great game, but their goaltending was super bad. I thought the Red Wings were right there with the Vancouver Canucks and outperformed them in a lot of regards, at least offensively speaking, for the majority of this game. They felt like the team that wanted to win this game more, in my opinion, and it, it showed. And I just want to take a moment and soak in how nice of a feeling it is to be on this side of a six to one blowout for once their goal differential in the season went from negative 14 to negative nine after this game. I mean, it's, it's so nice. Single digit, it is. Maybe. Yeah. I, you know, I, I said that yesterday, didn't I, didn't I say like we, when we were breaking down the game, I'm pretty sure I said something along the lines of, I just really want a game in which it's low stress and we just win and it's start to finish. Like it's a super easy game to talk about. And we just talk about <laughs> how we were the better team and that's it. And then sure enough, boom. So I'm taking partial credit, but I think it might've been at the end of the Calgary game because we previewed the Canucks and that's when you may have said it. I think it, maybe. I think it might've regardless. Been I didn't say it very long ago and now it's here. So <laughs> uh, you're welcome everyone. But yeah, no, okay. it, it certainly, it just it feels like every single game this year has either been we, we talked about it really over the last couple of games, even with the wins. Like we've talked about how every game is either a loss or it feels like a game in which the wings got outplayed and they still, you know, like, oh, we're outplayed five on five, but we got the victory or oh, like Billy Huso had to carry and will this team to victory like it was really nice just to have a game that was super low stress and they were just clearly were were in charge and in command from puck drop until the final horn well what's interesting too is the you know the canucks did have the edge in shots um not by a, a huge a huge sum 30 shots to 23 was the official total um, they won the vast majority of the faceoffs, 25 to 19, and you know, they out hit the Red Wings. But when it came to generating actual legitimate chances, the Red Wings did a better job at it. We talked about the quality versus quantity game. And the Red Wings got some luck. I think Canucks hit like three posts in this game, but it's fine. You know what? I'm not gonna sweat that stuff today because today I'm just gonna enjoy again the fact that they were on the the giving end of a blowout, and it just Vili Husso played really well again, and that's his third straight game of posting an insane performance. His save percentage in this one, Scotty, was 9.67, allowing just one goal on 30 shots against for a goal saved above expected of uh, 1.98 in this game, which is great. He saved almost two extra goals just by being an astonishing goaltender. Meanwhile, <laughs> Delia, negative 3.56 goals saved above expected. So again, guys, I, we're not trying to use this as like, this is why they scored six goals, but it was what it was Spencer. What was the guy's name in the Martin Spencer Martin in the game on Saturday? And he had like a negative three and a half. And now Delia had a negative three and a half goal saved above expected. That's not good. That is awful. Uh, but regardless, who so on our end played out of his mind again, made some really big timely saves to keep the Red Wings in it. And so that bumps his save percentage on the season back up towards where you want it to be as he continues to reclaim his game. He's been great. Absolutely. hundred percent. And, and the, just as much as we talk about in these last two games, the goaltending being such a reason as to why the 
Red Wings won. I that was really weird. In my head, I literally almost said Pistons. Then I almost said Tigers, and then I was like, "No, this is the Red Wings." That was really a rough go. It's very late. Um, you know what's funny is it sounded perfectly normal, so no one would have never, no one would have known you had those intrusive thoughts if you hadn't have said it. I know, but I'm <laughs> I'm, I'm I'm transparent. Okay, I'm, I'm just full. He wears his heart on his Giovanni Smith sleeve. Yes, this is my Giovanni Smith sweater for those watching on YouTube. Um, so I, I, we have talked a lot, right, about how Vancouver's goaltending is is really bad, and that's why the Wings were kind of able to to dominate like they did over the last two games. But just in that same breath, as you mentioned, you know, Huso was was great again, and that's several great games in a row for him. And, uh, you know, we talked about going on to this, going into this West Coast road trip, goodness, um, that it's late <laughs> that, that he was probably going to get a night off at some point this week. And I, I mean, with days off in between each game, that it's looking really tough. Like, I, I still think he's going to and I still think they'll they'll do it just because of kind of the the treacherous schedule they've had since the break but like i i don't know man it it's it's it wouldn't shock me at this point if they just said you know what you are too hot to bench we're just going to keep throwing you out there no i completely agree i i think that I, again i i'm adamant that he'll probably he will be getting one of the two days off um on the back to back i imagine he'll probably start the first right. game oh, and give him the second right. day right. off Totally so that he fair. could play Saturday. If that's just my internal logic, I have no facts to base that or back that up. Um, also, speaking of back-to-backs, that's when Lalone said they hope to have Raymond and Wallman back as one of those two games. So hopefully that rings true because if the team's clicking like this without those two, I can only imagine it'll get better with those guys. Um, right. There's so many other players we can talk about, Scotty. I, do you want to talk – Cider had an assist in this game – since 2023 has started, there's only one defenseman with more assists on the season since or of the year 2023, and that's Eric Carlson. Satter has the second most assists since the year started, which is a little bit of a cherry pick stat, but I still like it. It fits the narrative. We take it. I hey, mean, we he, all play narrative ball, baby. Well, like early in the season, we talked about how Sherratt was weighing him down, and that was the reason for his sophomore slump. And to a degree, that was true. And Sherratt's been playing a much better game recently, but these last two games, he's been paired with uh, Sherratt, and he hasn't lost a step. He still looks really good. Now, granted, his chemistry was still better with Wallman, and I'll stand by that, uh, just yeah. with the way they feed off each other offensively. But he hasn't necessarily lost an in a step individually now paired with Sherratt, and he had, again, uh, like I said, another assist in this game. And he just continues to impress, looking like the Calder winner from last year. 100%. And, you know, I think that... This uptick, if it lasts throughout the rest of the season, is really going to, I don't want to say, I don't want to be like overly dramatic and be like, oh, it is going to save, you know, the the narrative that a lot of people had on Cider going into the season, but I, or in the early part of the season rather, but I do think that this, assuming it, it lasts, is really going to put a lot of people at ease that were starting to get a little fidgety in the first half of the season when talking about Cider, but um, I, I mean, Berggren, have we talked Berggren yet? We have not. I was. Actually, I mean, that's another young, young stud that had a great game, man, and he is just continues to be so fun to watch on the ice. May I mean, 
dare I say, like the most fun player to watch on the wings right now. I think he's in that conversation at least. Oh, I don't think that there's any argument on that one. And I, I want to talk about uh, Jonathan. Jo- Jonathan. No, how, how, what did they decide Jonathan. on? The, did, did they say well, Jonathan? They, they, they said Yanni jo- Burgers. <laughs> yeah, but today they like officially, and the broadcast, they asked him. And I oh, think I he said Jonathan was, or Jonathan. Either way, yeah, he doesn't I, care. I, I had the broadcast muted. Yeah, I don't know. Wow. Fake fan. Uh, but when we come back, we'll talk about <laughs> Yanni, Johnny, Jonathan, Berger, and but first, Bergeron, Bergeron, it's whatever you want it to be. Honestly, guys, names are a construct, social construct. They don't actually exist. They're just sounds your mouth makes. But first, I got to talk to you guys today about Athletic Greens. Smooth transition. Our next, pro- our next partner has a product you got to use literally every day. Start taking AG1 because with one delicious scoop of AG1, you're absorbing 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, whole food sourced superfoods, probiotics, and adaptogens to help you start your day right. The special blend of ingredients supports your gut health, your nervous system, your immune system, your energy, recovery, focus, and aging, all those things. It's lifestyle friendly, whether you eat keto, paleo, vegan, dairy-free, or gluten-free. It costs you less than $3 a day. You're investing in your health, and it's cheaper than your cold brew habit. Compare that to the $100 a day you could be spending on any other complicated supplement routine. Athletic Greens also has 7,000 five-star reviews recommended by professional athletes trusted by leading health experts such as Tim Ferriss and Michael Gervais. Right now, it's time to reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition. It's just one scoop and a cup of water every day. That's it. No need for a million different pills and supplements to look out for your health. To make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash NHL Network. Again, that is athleticgreens.com slash NHL Network to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. Segment three, Lockdown Red Wings podcast. Scotty, let's talk about Johnny Burgers. And that's now he scored again in this game again, back door. He, he just keeps sneaking back door and they don't ever find him there, but too it quick. was a fantastic quick feed from Joe Valeno and Phil Peronick for the sixth and final goal. They had an extra man on the ice at the time. If I do recall correctly, it was yeah. a late penalty, and they just played tic-tac-toe in the Vancouver Canucks defensive zone. And uh, until they found burgers back door and he buried it and that's three goals in two games. And he's on pace for a 20 plus goal season and when you take into account that this season started for him later than it did like all the rest of the players, that's even more impressive that he's scoring at this clip. And if, you know, I don't want to, I don't want to overreach and overextend my take here, but if he had started the year with the team, do you think it's a stretch to say he might be in the Calder conversation? Not like one or two, but maybe like four or five. Um, yeah, I don't mind that take. That's the first I'm hearing of it. I don't mind it. I, I have to kind of digest that one, but I, I, I don't, I don't mind that take. I, I think that he has, I mean, we talk about it all the time. He has just shown so much promise and, you know, the biggest thing really with him is the, the ceiling is still being debated by everyone all the time. And, and that will continue to happen probably for the foreseeable future with him but uh he he raised he set his floor so high so quickly that's the intriguing part right like we all everybody's gonna have a different opinion uh, about the ceiling and how good he could potentially come but 
just because he got acclimated to the NHL so dang fast, it it, it really seems like the the floor is just so much higher than it is for for so many prospects. Like even if he's never a a top line guy or or even a bona fide like top six guy, like you just you have a guaranteed middle six productive forward for the foreseeable future is what it feels like, and that. That just feels great. So, yeah, I, I don't mind that take, though. I really don't. I, I, I can maybe get behind that. Maybe he'll get slid a couple I think we can find some narrative there. ball stats to really to really drive that one out. <laughs> Start cherry-picking our stats, be like, this is why he should be your favorite. Right, exactly. Let's, let's be honest right now. No, nah, man, my, Matty Berniers is insane. Um, Michigan man. Michigan man. Lots of those in the league right now. A lot of them came from the same team. Crazy. Uh, let's see. We got to talk about Rasmussen wearing the A. I love that. I love that so, so, wild, so much. So he and Perron were the A's, which did that mean Sherratt didn't have one? I did not look. I didn't, they rock yeah, the I didn't notice that either, honestly. Well, and like they, at the start of the season, they were rotating the A's. Remember, it was Perron. It was yeah, Sherratt. Yeah, yeah. Who else was wearing them? I don't even remember. Didn't Mo get it for a game? That was game? preseason. Oh, you're right. I'm talking regular season. I I think it's been mostly just Perron and Sherratt for the majority of yeah, the season. Yeah, but they they cycled them though, because there yeah. was like the thing where they they were cycling them through. Like other people did Burt, maybe no. I, I don't. I, I genuinely remember. don't remember, but they definitely did cycle them through early on, and it was kind of uh, for the first week or so. Like uh, you know, there was different there was different people wearing them, but yes, lately it's mostly been that. But, I mean, Rasmussen getting the A was more than just a here, here you go playing in front of your family. Awesome. Like He cool. has absolutely earned that A this season with his play. I mean, he has taken his step, his game in an incredible step forward, and I don't think there's any argument on that. But also the fact that there have been reports that people have been asking the coaches, like, I want to play with Michael Rasmussen. I think when you hit that point, yeah. You're a pretty vital member in that locker room. When players cool, on man. every line are like, hey, can we have Rass on our line? That means yeah. that you're pretty tooly. That's and, so cool. Yeah, I mean, he had a goal, in it, or he didn't have a goal. I'm sorry. He had two assists in this yeah, game, had, and it was controversial whether he got that goal. But he had two assists in this game on the one like on the Robbie points. Fabry goal and the other one on the, the Gustav Lindstrom goal. Is that his second of his career? Is that what second said? career goal for Gustav Lindstrom? Just I remember talking his about stay. his first on this show last year. Yeah, against the Wild. Yeah, I remember that. That's funny. Yeah. So there you go. Number two. <laughs> and then, of course, Pew Cedar with the other goal. So there you go. There's all your goal scores. You had Larkin with you two. You had a good Bergen. game tonight, I thought. Yeah, I mean, like, listen, if you if you want to look at – we haven't even talked about Corsi. Four percentage or expected goals, four percentage. You made it a whole show without talking about your two favorite stats, dude. Well, because there was just so much individual thing, like <laughs> yeah, accolades right. to go around. But if you look at this – Advanced analytically wise, it'll tell you that the Red Wings got outplayed in the third period, but really that's only true in the last five minutes of the third because Red Wings scored three goals in the third and stopped trying. Right. In the first and second period, they had the edge in Corsi four percentage. The Canucks played really well in the first five minutes of the second period as well. The Canucks had like five minutes in each period where they looked decent. The Red Wings dominated the rest of them. And then if yeah. you look at the individual performances, it's a lot of the same. You about have have about have about half the roster above 50% and half below. But it's Scotty, it's that expected goals for percentage. There it where is. Things start to look interesting. Yeah. Well, <laughs> Robbie Fabry had 
what put up in put up 80 percent expected goals four percentage i'm pretty sure mm-hmm. uh michael rasmussen put up 73 andrew cop had a 72 percent robert hag shout out the dog robert hag <laughs> with a 70 percent gustav lindstrom with a 59 percent almost a 60 percent um so yeah like the there it's still about half the roster over and under and we talk about how those possession stats don't tell like a full entire story. Like Dylan Larkins w- was was one of the sub fifties, but it speaks a lot to the the neutral zone game, and it, and it speaks a lot to obviously just how many opportunities you're you are giving up when you are on the ice. And uh, it's really cool to see. I mean, that top four there of all over seventy percent is crazy. And Fabry Rasmussen. Cop and Hag and Fabry obviously hitting 80% is is pretty nuts. So yeah. So it, it, the the second line definitely needed that, especially I think Andrew Cop was still struggling to find his game, I feel like at times. So yeah. Robbie Fabry, Fabry Rasmussen Cop doing all that. And you know what? I'm I'm biased. I'm gonna give all the credit in the world to Michael Rasmussen. I'm gonna say it was because of him. Even though the entire <laughs> line had to play. <laughs> But I'm I'm gonna just let my bias show. Michael Rasmussen with the yay, man, unlocked a superpower. But I love I mean, it. That's that's the story. I mean, they got who do they got? Calgary or Edmonton next? Who's the first in the doubleheader? They play one of those two teams coming up here on Wednesday. I don't know. What do you? What are you? What are you looking? Do you hear that? I heard a song. There's an animal right on the other side of this wall, <laughs> and it's very much trying to get in. Through this wall. <laughs> Very I distracting. I hope it gets you. Thanks, man. You're welcome. But yeah, hey, good game. Uh, win streak. Sure. 6-1, Dylan Larkin. Five points in three games. You love to see it. You do? Yeah, absolutely mm-hmm. you do. Any final thoughts? Um, We ball. We stay ball. safe. I, yeah, stay safe. Uh, I'm very tired. I'm going to go to bed now. Me too, so, man. Same time, same place. It's your team every day. Every day.